You're listening to Call to Homeschool, episode number 199, Family Culture. Are you feeling the call to homeschool and you're not sure what to do? Or maybe you are already homeschooling and it doesn't look like what you hoped it would. My name is Megan Thomas and I'm a certified life coach, a mother of seven, and a homeschool pro with more than a decade of experience. I can show anyone how to create success in their homeschool and I'd love to show you how. Are you ready? Hello. How are you doing today, my friend? I am excited to talk about this and I can hear my kid in the background singing opera at the top of his lung. So, sorry about that. Enjoy that masterpiece. Um I don't know if you've ever read this book, but I had read it recommended to me, and it was the book, How Will You Measure Your Life, from Clayton M. Christensen. And I read it several years ago, and I found it interesting because I felt like it was a business book, so I thought it was interesting that it was recommended to me. Um, but I read it because sometimes I feel like I have to finish any book that I start, and I like it was a good business book, (laughs) but, uh, it was interesting. I actually had one part that really has stuck out with me throughout the years that I feel like can really be super helpful for a family. So he was talking about how a culture forms in a company. And he said this, now the employees don't even need how to need to ask how to behave, how to make decisions or how to make this trade-off against that one. This company has become in many ways a self-managing company, thanks to its culture. Management doesn't need to dive into the details of every decision because the culture, almost an agent of management, is present in the details of every decision. So that has really, really stuck out to me. And when I think of how to run a successful family, all these books that I've read before on businesses, I feel like have made a very big um, contribution of how I set up a family. And I don't even know why I've read all these business books, but it's interesting because as I read them, I borrowed a lot of ideas on what they would suggest to, of how to create a successful business. And I would just simply borrowed a lot of thoughts and ideas from them and change it of how to create a successful family. So if I were going to reword what he said in his book, it would sound a little bit like this. When you have a supportive family culture, children don't need to ask how to behave, how to make decisions, or how to make this trade-off against that one. Your family has become self-managing thanks to its culture. Parents don't need to dive into the details of every decision because the culture of the family is present in the details of every decision. And I feel like that this has become very true in my family. I have been very intentional with the culture that I want to create. I have created a culture where we don't just turn on the TV. Now, because I'm working with my family and with my husband, we have a culture where it does come on for sporting events or for binge fest. Uh, That's our Friday night movie night, um, if you haven't listened to me before. But my children are not asking throughout the week to turn on the TV, to get on screens, on tablets, or anything like that, because it is not the culture of our home. Our culture in our home is the TV only comes on for sporting events, or for binge fest. Another culture in my home is that we do our chores. Everyone needs to help and everyone knows what is expected of them. So when the time comes to do chores, there isn't really a lot of fighting or whining or even complaining. Now, 
if you think my family's perfect, uh, big spoiler alert, then they're not. And my, the culture is far from perfect in our home, but part of our culture is actually always learning how to improve and to work on things. So eventually we do figure things out. There are cultures to a lot of the things that we are participating in. And there's a lot of things out there. There is a culture to your homeschool. There is a culture to your co-op. There are cultures to family gatherings. Now, if you think about this, even if you take your side of the family versus your spouse's side of the family, there are very different cultures of what that looks like. If we are doing Thanksgiving with my side of the family, the culture is going to be a lot of games. It's going to be in a church so we can run around. We're going to have a basketball tournament. We're going to be playing a lot of silly games. Um, I love games. I think they're super fun. So like that's the culture. The food's going to be amazing. All that fun stuff. Now, if Thanksgiving goes with my husband's side of the family, the culture there is once again, awesome food, but it's going to be in somebody's house and it's going to be, um, a little bit more squishy and the TV is going to be on as soon as, uh, we're done eating and people are going to be watching football games and there are not a lot of games and different things like that. And so it's not saying one is right and one is wrong, but we, there are different cultures to, um, family gatherings and all these different things. So there is even a culture to church. And I even think within your own church that you go to, right? So um, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we go to a ward. And so our ward would have a different culture than, say, another ward. So I have been Georgia's primary teacher ever since we've come back to church from COVID. So I've been his teacher from Sunbeams. I moved to up with them to CTR4, and I am now their CTR5 teacher. I just keep moving up with this class, and I actually love it. And I've turned it into a homeschool class, <laughs> and we have journals, and we do narrations, and it's actually a really a lot of fun. Um, when I started teaching, I actually had one of the kids who would bring a lot of stuff from home. And this child brought toys and purses and all sorts of treasures. And then we would go to class and this little darling would try to give me all of her special belongings and have me carry them. Now, I do not want to create a culture where I am carrying everyone's stuff around. Ask my kids if I will hold their stuff. <laughs> and I will not. And I actually just got a new purse that was super small, so nobody could even put their stuff in my purse. Now, I'm not some monster that's like, if my kid's like, hold my jacket, I need to use the restroom. Then I'm like, too bad. Figure it out yourself, right? But it's like, if you are going to bring a toy, then you are going to be responsible for it. If you are going to bring a jacket, you are going to be responsible for it. I am not going to then carry everything for you, especially, and maybe I got um, more serious about that because I had so many children, but I, I don't want to carry other people's stuff. And so I realized with her very quickly that this was going to be a common thing that she was going to bring all these treasures and then she was going to give them to me to carry all of them for her. So that first week when she tried to have me hold all her stuff, I said, oh, you get to carry it because you brought it. Now, as you can imagine, she was very mad at me. She then went out of her way to be lovey-dovey with anyone but me. It was almost like she was trying to punish me for not holding her stuff. I simply ignored that behavior. And then when she did sit by me or carry her own stuff or was did something in the class that was awesome, I would praise her up and down and tell her how much I loved her. You better believe that eventually I have won this little girl over and she adores me now. And she easily comes to class and rarely does she bring all her treasures with her anymore because that is the culture of our classroom. 
And if she does bring something, she never asks me to carry them. Now, my kids have been my teachers pretty much the whole time of me being a primary teacher. So I rotated through my children before Porter left on this mission. He was coming in. My Bella was called to be a team teacher with me until she went to Puerto Rico. And now my Ethan is a team teacher with me. And it was interesting because he is creating a culture that he just did on his own. So when we come in our class, we always ask him about their week. And they would talk over other people or do different things. And so one week, Ethan brought the special wand with him. And it's actually just a back scratcher (laughs) that can go in and out. And he told them that like, whoever is holding this special thing, then you get to talk and everybody will sit and wait. And we're going to be really quiet while you tell us about your week and what you were doing. And so it was so interesting that as he was intentional to doing this, that it has created this culture that we are quiet now when somebody else is talking when they have the wand. Now, when we get into the lesson and we're having a discussion and we're doing all those things, the wand gets put away so people can just share ideas and whatnot. But when somebody is sharing what they're doing with their week, um, what they loved, all those types of things, that the rest of us have learned to be quiet and we just wait for our turn. So the reason this has been on my mind lately is because I now have a new little kid in my primary class. The first week I thought he was visiting, so I didn't really worry about his behavior too much, right? Like, oh, he's just visiting, have fun with it, and it's not really that big of a deal. But then I found out the next week he's actually moved in, and so I've been much more intentional with him, teaching him our culture. So when he came, he is honestly so darn cute. He is adorable. Cute as kid. Uh, He's also very disruptive. He talks over the other kids, repeatedly told us how much he does not want to be there, that he wants to get out of there. He doesn't like this. He doesn't want to be there at all. Um, I actually got him to sit with me in class and I got him to kind of cuddle with me. And then he told me how much he hated the way I smelled. And it was funny. I told my husband that and he goes, oh, that's funny. He told me I had a weird looking face when I saw him. So just kind of saying different things like that. So the reason I thought about this is because when you have a functioning culture in your home or for primary class or whatever your co-op or whatever else you are participating in, you don't really have to think too much about it. But then you have a kid. Then you have a big change. Then you have a new personality move in and it disrupts the culture. Or you've never intentionally created a culture and so it isn't thriving and functioning the way you hope it would. So I want you to leave today with thinking of how you can create the culture you want and whether that is in your own home. And that's where I always suggest you would start right in your home and your homeschool. And I even remember in a coaching call one time and was, we were talking about read aloud and somebody was talking about that her kids kept interrupting when she would read to them during read aloud. And I remember saying something along the lines of, oh, that's your family culture is that it's just okay to interrupt when mom is talking right? And it's so interesting because we don't think about that. We just change it to like, oh, kids are disrespectful or my kids are stinkers or my kids have whatever story. But a lot of times it's just the culture in our home. Like, oh, we wait, we wait until we hold your question or write it down. And when I'm done reading, then you can talk about it, right? So um, being really intentional with creating the culture you want. So being said, oh, I was in my home, 
we have some cultures that really support us that uh, we have a culture of hard work that we are going to all help clean the house and take care of the home. We have a culture of hard work out in the yard. Um, we have a good size yard and we have big trees and they make a mess and all those types of things. So we, we have a lot of hard work that we need to be doing with that. Uh, we have a culture where we try to be kind to each other, that we are trying to support each other and do those things, trying to have fun and serving. And, and those are just a few things of different cultures that we are trying to create. So as you are trying to create a culture in your home or wherever, first, you need to write down what is the culture that you want, right? So being a hard worker is really big for me. Um, and so that's something that I really try to create in my home. Then you can also take things that maybe bother you and think, oh, I want a culture that we don't do that. So something that drives me bonkers are, is tattletailing. I just, I think it's ridiculous. And usually half the time it's like, they looked at me wrong or they touched this. And, and so a lot of times, and so I'm very quick to create that culture that I don't do tattletailing. And I remember one of my nephews, when they were little, um, they were trying to tattle and they're like, don't tell her, she doesn't care. And my kids they were like, yeah, we could just have to figure it out ourselves. So like either intentionally create the culture you want, <laughs> or you'll unintentionally get the culture you don't do not want. So writing down things that you want to be your family culture and maybe some things that you don't want in your family culture anymore. Um, so you can do this by yourself. You can do it with your spouse. I highly recommend doing it as a family if this is the family culture you're trying to create because when children have a voice and a say, they are going to be much more inclined to help create that culture, right? So if you come in and you're like, this is our culture, we're going to get up at 6 a.m. and we're going to do these chores and we're going to do all these things, you are just now the taskmaster, right? But if you are like, okay, hey, what is our family about? We're like, okay, well, our family, we exercise. Like, okay, then we're going to do CrossFit together. Okay, the CrossFit class we go to is at 7.15, so we are going to wake up at 6.45, and that is going to be our culture. So it's not this, like, get up at 6.45 because we're going to go work out because, like, and getting mad at them. And instead, it's them saying, yes, this is of who I am. This is our identity as we are this family that exercises and takes care of our body. So, yes, naturally, I would just get up at 6.45 so I could go and work out, right? So to me, as you are creating your family culture and everybody's learning it, it is like learning a new dance. So if you are trying to create this culture and you just throw everything at them, like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. It's going to be too much. and It's going to be way too overwhelming. So the next thing to think of then after you've written out what it is you want your family culture to be, and you're going to start implementing it, start small, small and simple things. They're great things brought to pass, right? So some people are going to pick it up pretty quickly. Like, oh, this is our culture. I get it. Others are going to need more time and they're going to need more help. So allowing them their own time in their space as you continue to help them. So as you are doing that, starting small, teaching them the, the rhythm and the style, the flow of your home, then be patient and understanding. Because like I said, people learn at different levels and different speeds and whatnot. So the next thing then is to be consistent. If you are trying to create something and you are not consistently working at it, it will easily fall apart. So if I'm teaching you a dance and sometimes I spin right and then other times I spin left and sometimes I get up and I jump, then you're going to be very confused of what we are even trying to do. Now, you won't be perfect. 
but do try to be consistent. If I want a culture where we eat home-cooked meals, then I'm going to best do my best to have that ready. Sometimes we may eat out, but I want that to be rare or for a special occasion. The next thing you can work on as you are creating a family culture is praise. Praise people when they are doing the culture, when they are doing the steps, when they are doing the flow. So often we're like, well, they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Great. (laughs) A lot of times we're all doing things we're supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to run our household and I'm supposed to do our grocery shopping. And if I go grocery shopping and my husband's like, who cares? You were supposed to do this anyway. I'm going to show up a lot different versus him saying, thank you so much for going grocery shopping. You're just awesome. Thanks so much for doing our laundry versus, well, of course you would do our laundry. You're the one home with the kids all day, right? So even if you quote unquote, they thinking that um, they're just supposed to be doing this, it still feels good to be appreciated and praised. Thank you so much for getting up when our family gets up. Thank you for getting your chores done. Thank you for making that meal. Thank you for doing your schoolwork. You are so amazing. And you can throw in um, some words, value words, right? Like you're such a hard worker. You're so, um, I'm losing my words today, independent. You're so helpful, all those types of things, right? So I have been doing this in my home for a long time and I feel like my home flows pretty well. So having this different dynamics with a primary class has really helped me to be much more intentional with what it is I am trying to create with my classroom because my home, I feel like we are very adaptable when something changes because we've had people move out and then move in and move out and move in and do different things like that. Or a kid has a job and then the job changes. And so I feel like we've gotten really good at adapting our schedules. Like, okay, this person no longer lives with us. So we're going to adapt the chores. And so it's like our culture is always changing. We always know those things. So having this little primary class has really had me up my game of realizing I need to be so intentional with what I want to create. Um, As I'm working with these little kids and they are learning the culture, we're having so much fun. And this is what's so great is that when you have a functioning culture in your home or a classroom, then you get to focus on the fun stuff because you're not in there like, everybody listen, you guys quit fighting. Don't do all these things. It's like, yeah, because we don't fight. That's the culture of our classroom. We, if you're in my primary class, it's like we don't put our dresses over our heads or different things like that, right? Or bite other people, something like that. We have fun. We play games and we're respectful to others, right? But what I think has been the best way to create this culture in my home and in my class is by loving the heck out of these kids, right? So if I'm trying to create something from this space of you drive me crazy and I can't stand you, so I am going to try to get you to do these things or stop doing these things so that you don't bug me so much, it's going to be very different versus I love you so much. And this is just going to help create more joy and more peace for all of us. You're going to have two very different results. So that's why even in homeschool and your home, everything, focusing on that love and connection piece first, letting go of the critical, the criticism, all of those types of things, yelling, all that stuff. So loving these kids, and then they are much more inclined to work with you because you have such a relationship with them. 
I actually have a little kid in my class and she didn't know I was going to be moving up with them. And she said she would never go to church again unless I was her teacher. And if we're ever out of town or something like that, we're not going to be there. I have to call her mom and let her know I won't be there because it's been so hard for her because she knows I love her so much. I do. And I love all those little kids so much. And they know that and they feel that. So they're much more inclined to help create this atmosphere that I'm trying to create. And so as we're bringing this new little guy in, we are loving him. So and he told me he didn't like the way I smelled, right? I can say, oh, I can't even remember what I said. I think I laughed. And then I said, oh, let's let's say kind things to people or something like that. Like, that's okay. You don't have to like the way I smell. And I just hadn't loved on him and just loved him, loved him, loved him and encouraged him when he was doing appropriate things like this is awesome, but also teaching him of what is expected. And I think too often we skip this step because we, we, we do the love part, right? We're like, okay, I'm loving the kids. And they're like crackheads. But we forget the part where we're like, these are also what is expected of you. These are the, the boundaries and the guidelines of what we're trying to do. So in my class, we don't tear other people down, right? So uh, one time, one of the kids tried to say like, I don't like you because of blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, we don't do that in our class. We only say kind things to the kids in our class, right? Or like letting them know like, this is okay. This isn't okay. And so and you can do that in a very loving way. So don't forget that part. So remember... If you don't intentionally create a culture that you like, you will unintentionally create a culture that you don't like. So if something is off in your home or in a class you are teaching or somewhere that where you are a part of it, figure out what you want that culture to be and then get to work, my friend, and go and create it. Love you so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Are you ready to take the concepts learned on this podcast to the next level? Then I invite you to join Mama's Members, a place where I will help you succeed in your family and homeschool beyond what you thought was possible. You will have access to hours of content, a place to ask questions, and weekly coaching calls to help you be the amazing homeschool mom you are called to be. To sign up, go to www.coachmegthomas.com join. I can't wait to see you there.